Hey guys, Aston from Running Guy and welcome back. Today I'm talking about some topics that interest me and I hope that also interest you. I feel they'll benefit your training and just having more knowledge enables you to make better decisions. So I'm talking about ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is really the, um, a molecule within our body and other living organisms uh, that we share this planet with that allows movement, uh, that's power. Uh, without it, we, uh, we are nothing. So we're talking about that. Um, also, that leads into a byproduct of, of uh, resynthesizing ATP in one of our um, in one of our energy systems, um, and that is lactic acid. So I'll be talking about that. Uh, also, debunking a few myths on, on lactic acid, and really this enables you to um, have a better idea when it comes to doing those threshold or anaerobic threshold sessions. Again, I'll touch on what those terms really are. Uh, there's lots of terms that are going around, but they're all um, they're all talking about the same thing. But that is our lactic acid production and how we can train to um, to deal with those levels of lactic acid. All right, um, so let's go back to ATP, adenosine triphosphate. Now, highlighting triphosphate, it's uh, it's one it's a molecule that's uh, built up of adenosine and three phosphates. That's why it's triphosphate. So that ATP um, is basically is our it's like our currency for energy within our body. Uh, we need it. Um, so there's three ways within our bodies, three sort of power stations that uh, we use, energy systems that we use to uh, to keep uh, building and providing this ATP. Uh, and those three systems are the first two are anaerobic, anaerobic meaning without oxygen. So we can uh, produce or resynthesize this and deliver this ATP, this powerless energy, without the use of oxygen. And the other one is our aerobic system, um, and we need oxygen um, to to uh, resynthesize and deliver this ATP and to produce power and deliver this energy. Um, so let's start with with the first one. Um, it's known as the ATP slash CP, adenosine uh, triphosphate creatine phosphate system. Um, basically. That produces the most amount of power. It's uh, a very short burst. Uh, it's only good for about six to ten seconds, but it produces a lot of power extremely quickly. Um, I always like to use the analogy of, of, of going back to why these systems were developed within our body thousands of years ago, whatever it might have been. And I always say, well, it's like if if we were just a bit of a funny story sitting around a campfire with our with our primal mates and the saber tooth Tyler. So to try to jump out of us, um, that allows us that quick jump uh, to try to evade our attacker and get out of the way. So it's just anything that's very quick, powerful movement. Now taking that back to or uh, forward to today's sporting world, it could be swinging a golf club, uh, kicking a ball, power lifting, uh, sprinting 100 meters. It's only really good for that initial burst of power, and like I said, it's only good up, up for uh, 10 seconds. Now, the reason uh, this is so powerful but short-lived is this adenosine triphosphate is actually uh, lives within our within our bodies, within our muscles, I should say, within our muscle body. Um, now, it's it's only about 100 grams in total within within the human body, so that only allows us a couple of seconds of that initial uh, quick supply of, of 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 energy or power. Now, what I should say, this adenosine triphosphate. If the way the way it works uh, to produce energy is it drops one of those phosphates away. So we've only got two phosphates. So it's that dropping of that phosphate, that splitting of that cell that produces that energy. Now, in order to uh, to continue to move, uh, we need that to turn back to a 
a triphosphate. Um, and now it's dropped one into diphosphate, so adenosine diphosphate. So uh, in order to do that, we need to find another way to, to do that. So the, the initial ATP-CP, uh, adenosine triphosphate protein phosphate system, within that muscle body, like I said, it actually has ATP stored within it. So that enables us to have a couple of seconds of that powerful, uh, very fast action within our muscles that contract our muscles and, and, and uh, shorten and lengthen them to, uh, to produce that power. Um, but it's very, very short-lived, a couple of seconds. So to help buffer the, the length or to, to drag that out to eight or 10 seconds, that's when the creatine phosphate that's also um, stored within our bodies with the ATP enables to drag it out because that phosphate that comes from that creatine phosphate now goes into making that ADP, that, 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 um, that uh, element, that molecule that now only has two phosphates, it grabs a phosphate from the creatine phosphate, so now it's back to having three phosphates, so it's back to an ATP. hope that sort of makes sense. So adenosine triphosphate uh, drops a phosphate, produces uh, the power, the energy that we need to um, for, for that muscle contraction, um, and uh, but then it's a diphosphate. So then, once the ATP that's stored within the muscle cells um, are out within a couple of seconds, it's able to grab that phosphate from that creatine phosphate that's also supplied within the muscle to go back to ATP. Now, there's only about 150 grams of the uh, creatine phosphate stored within the muscles. So with the ATP and CP put together, then we're only got about eight to ten seconds. So you think about uh, Hussein Bolt springing 100 meters and all these mates next to him trying to catch him, that's pretty much all done on that ATP-CP um, production system. Um, now the next one that we actually go into is, um, is, the, is the glycolysis or what we might know as the, uh, the lactic acid system. Uh, it's when we actually start to um, break down glycogen that's stored within our muscles and our liver and, or, and into, into glucose. Some of the glucose is, is already in our blood and that's also used uh, through a process of, of, of a chemical reaction. Again, without oxygen, we do not need oxygen. So again, this is the second of our aerobic systems and the last of our, of our anaerobic systems, I should say. Um, so oxygen is not needed. Again, it produces um, energy very quickly. Um, it's only about one sixth of the, uh, of the power that we got from our ATP CP. Um, and it also is under limited supply. So if we're if you save a tooth tiger, we've evaded the, uh, the the leap and we've got away from it. But now it's 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 chasing us. We're running maximal speed, so we don't don't end up being its dinner. Um, we're now using this uh, this um, this lactic acid system, which you may know of. Um, it's it's using glycolysis to to break down this glycogen into glucose um, to enable us to still be moving very very quickly. The demand on the ATP is quite high, so we need to deliver it very quickly. And in order to do that, we do this anaerobically through this chemical reaction of breaking down this glycogen. Now, because this glycogen is also stored within the muscles, it's readily available. Um, but again, it's only good for a couple of minutes. So there might be a thing of a truck runner running 400 meters. Obviously, when it first takes off, pretty much what anything we do when we first take off, we're using ATP, CP, and then it uh, quickly moves into this um, this other anaerobic um, energy system where we're able to uh, produce these ATP very quickly. So um, so we're sort of branching between the two. We're always, these ATP and this anaerobic system, um, and also the third, which I'll be talking about soon, the, the aerobic system, 
Um, they all work in conjunction. None of them work isolated from each other. It's just a matter of what sort of demand we're under, how quickly we need, we need to move, how much power we need for that sudden burst is actually which one is, is, is the most dominant one that we're using the most. Okay, so, so we've gone from, so we've got the two anaerobic systems, ATP, CP, these adenosine triphosphate, creatine phosphate, and then we've got this, this second one, our second um, anaerobic uh, energy system where we're breaking down glycogen um, and uh, from our muscles and liver and using that glucose. Again, it, it's, it's, you'll, um, if you're interested in it, there's lots of fantastic information. It, it delves quite deep. Uh, especially the next stage, the Krebs cycle, where the aerobic system, there's lots of um, certain, um, I guess, steps that it goes through to, to deliver this ATP. Uh, the third aerobic system is probably the most complex one, but certainly look into it um, if you're interested in, further, in more. But obviously, I, I don't want to go into it too deep because uh, eventually I'm leading to, to, to the, the way you can use this in your training. I'm just trying um, to provide uh, some information I find interesting. Um, and it's a human body and we pretty much should know uh, how this all operates to a certain level. Like I said, it's up to you again how far you want to take it. So this uh, glycogen stage. Now, with this, uh, when we're breaking down glycogen, um, it gets to a stage where we actually have a byproduct. Um, it is not a waste product, um, which I'll cover again on when I talk about um, debunking the, uh, the myths on lactic acid. It's, it's, it's a, it's a byproduct of, of producing, um, of breaking down this glycogen, um, but it, it can get used again, it gets resynthesized back into, into uh, glycogen, into glucose, and it can also get, well it does also get used by, by the heart as well. Um, so it's not necessarily, it is a byproduct of breaking down glycogen, but we, our body does actually use it. Um, and it all depends on how fit we are and how adapted we are with this lactic acid within our blood. Um, how well we can and how quickly we can um, turn that back into an energy source. Um, so th that's where the lactic acid comes from that I'll be um, talking about further once I've covered the aerobic um, uh, energy system. Um, so uh, well, let's move on to that now. So with the aerobic system, that means we're actually uh, producing this ATP uh, with the use of oxygen through our respiratory system. Um, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slower process. Um, but the beauty of it, it actually delivers a lot of ATP. The, um, the second anaerobic stage, called the colossus stage, we're breaking, breaking down um, glycogen into glucose uh, to, to develop this ATP. Um, it delivers about two, two, um, two molecules of ATP to one mole of glucose, whereas in the aerobic stage, when we're breaking down the carbs and, and fats and, and those type of um, substrates or um, yeah, substrates we are delivering, uh, well the end total is about 38 ATPs. So it delivers a lot more, which enables us um, to continue to go for a lot longer, but just not as, as the speed or the power that we could do in the other systems. Um, so it works really, really well. Um, like I said, we're always using combination of all of them, but when you're, say, when you're out there walking, or um, like me talking right now, I'm pretty much using my aerobic system, and, um, and it, it's like I said, it, it yields a lot of ATP. If we just can't, uh, we can't run or um, um, well, at, at a high rate or, or a lot of power for very long. Like I said, 10 seconds ATP, CP, up to a couple of minutes just using the, the glycogen. Um, the second stage guide when we're using glycolysis, glycolysis mean breaking down um, uh, glycogen in, into glucose. Um, 
and th then it does, yeah. So, so that's, that's our three ways, our three sort of power plans of how we produce this ATP, how we resynthesize it. Like I said, we need it. Um, as soon as we drop a phosphate and it turns ADP, we need to get it back to ATP uh, very, very quickly if we want to continue muscle movement. Um, so so that that's the three ways that, that we do it. Um, it's, it's obviously a very small molecule. I like to think how many zeros in volume and weight would actually come after, after when you try to put, put, a, put a weight on it. But uh, if you can sort of get your head around, we actually resynthesize as much ATP in, in a day, in 24 hours, uh, equal to our body weight. So when you think about this thing that weighs, I don't know, like a thousand zeros, nothing, uh, that's, and it all adds up to say 60, 70 kilograms at the end of the day, that's a lot of resynthesizing of a molecule. So. It's quite, it's quite fascinating. Um, all right, so with, with the um, lactic acid, um, when we start to run quick, um, our so so we're we're mainly aerobic, so we're doing a warm up run, and then we start to go into our fast our fast runs, whether it be you may you may call it an aerobic threshold, lactate threshold. The whole idea is AT, LT, whatever it might be. It's basically when your lactic acid um, in your blood starts to rise. Now this threshold mark, if you were sort of doing a RAM test um, in a lab on a bike or on a treadmill and they're um, measuring your lactic acid, as they ramp up the intensity, the speed, the power that you actually have to keep delivering at certain increments every one or two minutes, um, because you're actually starting to have to work harder, there's more demand um, for that ATP. So we, we start to break down more glycogen and the more glycogen we actually start to use, like I said, that byproduct is lactic acid. So the lactic acid levels will continue to rise as you continue to increase the power and the duration continues. So, so they've always used a number of four millimoles, so four millimoles of lactic acid per litre of blood within the body, because that's generally where we get a, a spike. So we get a, a general general sort of rise in the, in the lactic acid levels, and then suddenly it ramps up, shoots up really, really quickly. So that's generally where they say, okay, that's about when we're actually starting to produce more lactic acid than when our body can actually clear. So it's gonna to continue to rise, and if you continue with that, with, with trying to put out that power, that intensity, it's going to get to the state where you're just going to be forced to slow down. Uh, your body will not be able to deal with that amount of lactic acid within the, within the blood, and it's just going to lead to fatigue. Now, fatigue doesn't necessarily come from lactic acid that's in the blood; it comes from something that's called hydrogen ions. Um, but yes, it's uh, it certainly will um, cause you to slow down. So, so this uh, this threshold that we talk about, our anaerobic threshold. It's usually when they're talking about when your lactic acid is reaches around about four millimoles per, per litre of blood. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to be a bit of a pincushion in a lab over the years, and um, I, yeah, I've seen it firsthand, and generally, um, you sort of know when you're, when you're there just by your breathing rate, which is another way they can, um, that, well, they, they measure your, your anaerobic threshold. It's also through gas exchange, so you have, have the mask on, and they're sort of delivering, they're measuring oxygen delivery and carbon dioxide output. And you get it, um, a certain point, that there's a, again a certain point uh, when you're reaching your anaerobic threshold. Um, so you have your lactate building up in your blood, but you also have uh, more carbon dioxide you're having to expel. That's why you tend to get such short of breath. That's why sometimes they use this conversation pace and when you start to be short on words and panning really hard, that's generally means you're actually into the threshold range. For that exact reason, your body is just trying to get rid of more of this carbon dioxide, which is, again is a, is a product of if you actually starting to work a lot harder and this uh, lactic acid building up within the system. So there's a couple of ways they measure it, um, the blood itself and, and the gas exchange. Another way they do it, unfortunately again, 
I was, um, I was a victim of this, I should say. Went actually doing a muscle biopsy. So um, imagine you're on a treadmill, um, being pushed to your absolute limit. Um, they're trying to push you to 110%. Um, and this was on, on a bike when, when I did it. They've already made a three centimeter incision in, in the front of your, your quad there and the rectus femoris to be precise. And then you just fall backwards and then they go in with these long calipers and grab a bit of muscle belly out. So it's, it's a bit scary, but that is the most accurate way to measure lactic acid because it's just so direct. There's no five or 10% um, loss in accuracy when you're actually maybe doing um, pin, pin tests with the old, um, uh, with their lactic measuring the lactic acid. Um, all gas exchange, again, has a, you know, a little bit of a, um, inaccuracy in it, whereas the muscle biopsy is the most accurate, but obviously pretty scary stuff. So lactic acid, so um, the threshold, back to the training, sorry I knew this, this would happen, I would keep going off and on my little tangents and I'm doing my best to, uh, to keep you on board and not do a bit of summary at the end. Um, so, so the lactic acid threshold, anaerobic threshold, is basically where they're predicting that you're, um, you're reaching this state, so four millimoles of, of uh, lactic acid within the blood uh, before it starts to do this big rise, um, this sudden sharp up, upwards. Um, the, whole reason, the whole reason why we, we try to train around that range um, is that our body becomes more efficient at dealing with it and eventually it's actually going to push that, uh, that little graph to the right. So it basically means if you're producing uh, four millimoles running, let's, let's just keep it at, at four minute k's, you're producing four, four millimoles uh, of lactic acid, so you pretty much you know, round about that threshold, minus five or ten percent. Um, if you keep training within that range, you know, doing five, ten, twenty minute efforts, whatever it might be, um, eventually you're going to become more efficient um, at clearing it and not producing as much because your body has gone through that training adaptation through that stimulus of you training at that range. So now you're going to be able to run three minute 45 per K before you hit that four millimoles of lactic acid. So now you can run quicker and basically it means, you know, with less lactic acid, you will feel that you are, well, you will be doing it better. You will be doing it easier. You're going to be burning, uh, there's going to be more uh, of that aerobic uh, fitness happening um, and less of that lactic acid, less of that glycogen being burned. So you become more efficient. So that's why you're able to actually run faster because um, they've got a lot to do with you not producing as much of that lactic acid. All right. So um, so that's the lactic acid. So the other thing I want to talk about is do we necessarily need to, to train right at that anaerobic threshold? So again, unless you've had a lab test done, which you would probably have to be you know, have done frequently. Uh, whatever your anaerobic threshold was last year, it won't be the same as this year because you've either um, uh, lost fitness or you've gained fitness. Um, so if you do want to be know exactly what your anaerobic threshold is, then it's best to do um, obviously a, a lab test. Um, plenty of um, places around will actually provide that service for you. Uh, and then it gives you a, a more accurate idea of, of where you should be running at this threshold. But what I'm going to say is you don't necessarily have to hit that number spot on, as long as you're somewhere around about that, that mark. So if you worked out that 342 is about your threshold, um, as, long, as long as you're sort of around about that mark, it's going to um, give you just as much benefit. A lot of that's just, it, it gives you more structure within a session. I as a runner know that if I'm going to go and do a, a, a threshold session, um, then I'll sort of know where it is and I'll, I'll try to hit that number because it just gives me, gives me a number, gives me more guidance, it gives me a bit of structure. Um, but what I'm saying is if you get it a little bit over, a little bit under, it's not necessarily going to make a lot of difference. I think what is more important, 
that, um, that, that I speak about uh, with the people I coach is that um, it's more specific to hit the number that you're going to have to put out um, on, on an upcoming race. So if you're going to be running a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, a 3K, whatever it might be, you should have a pretty good indicator of what your average will be for that race. So 10K, let's again keep it easy, 4 minute average, then I would suggest you go out and run a lot of 4 minute average Ks. It's just being more specific to what you actually have to do on the day, and that specific—that's a tough word. Specificity is is more important than, than anything um, to, to get that right. But at the end of the day, a little bit under, a little bit over, no big deal. What I'm saying is just don't stress on an exact 341. It has to be 341. It, it just has to be around that mark. You're going to get just as much benefit from it. Um, so hopefully I've, I've covered that. I'll, I'll know soon once I go through this video. Um, apologies if there's some editing coming up. More than likely there will be when I add some other bits in or take some bits out. Um, that's just the way it goes with this topic because it's one of those things that can branch off in so many different areas. I love it. I can keep talking about it forever. Okay, so um, with the... Um, um, with the lactic acid, there's a few things out there uh, that people talk about um, that aren't exactly um, correct or that they're not correct at all. So lactic acid uh, production um, does not um, incur any, any muscle soreness or any, any, any pain. So that, that doesn't, it's not why you feel sore, it's not responsible for DOMS that you know, delayed onset of muscle soreness that you feel you've just ran a hard 10k the next day, your calves are shot and or whatever it might be. Again, that's not from the, from the lactic acid. That's just from the um, from putting your muscle fibers through a blender, basically the um, all the damage that incurs uh, through through the muscle belly, through the muscle fibers, and the inflammation that happened. That's that's where the soreness is coming from. It's not because um, all that lactic acid was, was in your system while whilst you're racing. The other thing is um, maybe still here. I'm going to get a massage tomorrow get a massage, they're very good for you, but uh, you don't necessarily have to get a massage for uh, clearance of, of lactic acid or going for a recovery run or whatever it might be, or you hear, you know, he's going to go for a run tomorrow to help clear that lactic acid. Lactic acid is clear um, or it's back to your normal resting state levels within one hour um, of, of finishing um, a race or a session or whatever it might be. Resting levels are usually about 0.5 or half a millimole per litre of blood, um, thereabouts. So yeah, within an hour, they're back to normal. It doesn't hurt to go down for a for a warm down job, obviously at the end of a race or at the end of a hard session, um, and it will sort of maybe help it clear it a little bit quicker, just because you're, um, I guess you're, you know, you, you're keeping your metabolism up and you've got your circulation, um, all that flows through through the muscle belly, so that will probably help it a little bit. But at the end of the day, within an hour, whether you do a warm down job or, or not, it's still going to be back to resting levels. Um, so yeah, so it's not it's not necessarily responsible for the soreness. Well, it's definitely not responsible for the soreness, I should say, and it's and it's definitely clear within an hour. So there's no need to say I need to do this to clear the lactic acid. Um, all right, so hopefully that uh, that has sort of come together somewhere along the line in that in in, in the whole story. Um, but I'll just quickly go through it more if you can hang in there. So the adenosine triphosphate, three phosphates, it drops one. Um, to produce that power for muscle contraction um, and then it has to go back to an ATP um, because we need that again so it has three ways of doing that, three energy systems uh, the first one ATP-CP where the ATP and CP are stored within the muscle belly it can provide it very very quickly um, through the combination of the two of them to keep us going but not for very long, zero, you know, two to ten seconds 
uh, with those two things combined together. So, and then it it's, it's goes very, very quickly into uh, using glycogen, breaking that down. Again, that's all within the muscle belly, so it can deliver quite quickly, not as much power. As, as the first one, uh, and again, it uh, has a limited supply. So eventually, we're going to be um, crossing over into our aerobic system, where we're starting to break down, um, you know, uh, what's uh, well, we're basically breaking down the foods that we've been eating, um, you know, the proteins and the fats and, and the carbs, and um, we're using all that that's stored within within our bodies, within our within our muscles. Um, it's a slower process to do that, but again, like I said, it yields a lot of ATP, so we can just keep that going. Going, going forever. And then when we suddenly start accelerating again, we start running quicker, then it's going to start switching more into burning that glycogen. Um, so again, we're going to get that slow build up of that, of that lactic acid. The faster we go, the more lactic acid we're going to be building up. So we're always branching between those two. So just, um, you know, just, I guess, a little bit more information for you to understand what's actually going on, on there. still listening you've done well tricky subject i've tried to do my best to make it uh, easy to understand hopefully i gave you something there stay healthy train smart bye for now